Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Sweet Honey Podcast. This is Megan. This is Allison, and welcome to today's episode. We are so excited for today's episode because it's right before Easter Sunday. Yes, Easter Sunday. Probably my second favorite holiday. I mean, what Jesus did on the cross, of course, is of course the best and the most wonderful thing, but I guess like holiday season, Christmas, and then Easter. Hey, I would say Christmas and Easter are my favorite holidays too. Ooh, but, I didn't know that about I you. Mean, yeah, Christmas, of course, Jesus's birth, of course, he came God sent him in human form, you know, and to experience all that we experience as humans. And then Easter, I mean, I don't know, but now that I'm saying it, like Easter is like, you know, Jesus died and rose back to, you know, to life, to heaven. So that, and like sacrifice, like, oh, you know, like, I don't know, it just makes me a little emotional. It is. It, it really is emotional when you um, look back and think about your life and the way Jesus has personally helped you and answered your prayers and all that. So it is emotional when you think about it, like you really, really think about it. Um, But today we are kind of, I wouldn't say doing something different um, because I know a lot of other podcasters are doing um, verses about the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, which we are all for. We're actually going to do that. Um, But we are actually going to, talk from Genesis today, specifically Genesis 3. And we are titling, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that. We are titling this episode, Where Are You? I'm excited for this one. Me too. I am excited. And Allison is pretty much taking the lead on this one and I have some input. Yes. And I'm kind of nervous right now because I had like so much uh, stuff to say about this. And now that we're recording, I've gone blank. So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Let's hope. Um, I'm actually going to read some scriptures to you because I want you to understand the whole story. And um, so it can can connect to the verses that we are actually going to focus on. So right before Genesis 3, uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, God created Adam and then he created Eve. And then he gave them dominion over everything except tree i think we all know what i mean when i say the tree that they're not supposed to eat from right like the tree of um what was it called now i have to know the tree of knowledge was that tree of knowledge but i think some people call it tree of good and evil yeah okay and here's something i recently learned just a side note is that like all of like for some reason growing up i used to think like oh it's like this beautiful tree and it's like shining and there's angels around it going oh you know, but like they all the trees looked like that. They all looked the same. They all looked like, oh, you know, like, yeah, they all looked wonderful and bright like that, you know. And so because yeah. it's anyways, God's garden. Go. I, just, I just right just thought of that right now. Um, So we are starting in Genesis three where the serpent is actually talking to Eve. And it starts like this. Genesis three, one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But did God say you must not eat 
fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not sur surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings from themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Okay, so I have a lot to unpack here as I'm talking, and I'm gaining some understanding about some of the verses that I didn't uh, know before. So my main verses that I want to talk about are when, after they ate the fruit, or after they ate what some people say is the apple. Um, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. So I want to take these two verses, and I just want to point out that... At this moment, I'm a thousand percent sure that God knew Adam and Eve just sinned. I'm a hundred percent sure that he knew, right? But Definitely. what I like about this is it says that the Lord God came to them walking in the cool of the garden, specifically with those words. And I was telling Megan that the reason why I like this part so much is that God knew that they had just sinned. They had just eating from the fruit that he told them not to. And you got to think about this. God literally gave them everything, everything, and just asked one simple thing of them to not eat that fruit. And they chose to disobey God and eat the fruit. And the reason why I like this verse so much is because it said that God was walking to them, not running, not yelling, not demanding them to leave the, the garden, right? But he was walking to them. And he, he told them, where are you? Which I like because when I was younger and I read this for the first time, uh, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. And when I read this, I thought of not just towards Adam and Eve. It was God asking me, Allison, where are you? And so my question to you guys today, or what I think God is asking you guys today is, where are you? Have you sinned and think that somehow God is so mad at you, so upset at you, that he doesn't want you in his presence anymore? Because from Genesis 3, we can tell that God wasn't condemning them. And I just want to point out something really quickly. Uh, it goes on to say that God actually sat down with them and 
help them make clothes. I kind of want to find yes. that verse really quickly. Yeah. It's further down somewhere. And down. Um, yeah, the Lord cares for them so much that he, I recently kind of, we kind of unpacked this, um, this little part, these like few chapters here in Genesis uh, while reading the book. Um, it's not part of the plan. And so, um, and what she, you know, what she kind of went through, what Lisa kind of went through and talked about was like, he cared for them so much. It says right there in verse 21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So, and then not only did he do that. So I guess to me, I always thought that like the Lord kicked them out of the garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. but it's more like he sent them out for their own protection. Yeah. And also because they could not, not no longer be in his presence because of the sin. Because Right. Well, uh, and that's like that verse um, in verse 7, they ate the fruit. And then, then the eyes of both of them are open and they realize they were naked. Like that is the downfall of man. Yeah. Right there. And um, just with that part, they realized they were naked. Uh, and when I was talking to Megan about these verses, I was telling her, I had this huge revelation when I was reading it and the Lord kind of told me uh, they realized they were naked. So they hid. And I kind of realized that a lot of us are scared to go to God because scared to go in front of God and be in quotations. I say this naked, not really like physically naked, but spiritually naked, emotionally naked, letting him see all our failures, all our disappointments, uh, just see, let him see everything. And we were scared to do that because like Adam and Eve, they thought that God was going to be so upset at them. Yeah. They thought that he was going to come like tumbling down like those thunderbolts or lightning bolts from heaven and like striking them. Right. But, that, right. but that's not in God's character. As we see here, God's character towards them was compassion, was still love. And I know it's compassion and love because he chose to walk gracefully towards them and just ask him, where are you? Basically asking them to come out and meet him. And another thing that I like about this too is they didn't walk to meet God in the middle of their sin. God walked to meet, oh my gosh. Okay, let me rephrase this, sorry. Yes, okay, I get where you're going. Yes, they didn't meet God in the middle of their sin. God met them in the middle of their sin. I hope that makes sense. Yes, okay. Yeah. Because sometimes I get so into stuff that I talk so fast and I forget what I'm going to say. Sorry about that, guys. But it's so true. It's so true. And he chose to sit down with them and make clothes for them. This blows my mind every single time I read it. They just sinned. He gave them everything. If that was, thank God I'm not God. If that was me, I would have been so upset, right? I would have been like, you guys do not deserve anything. You just don't deserve my forgiveness, my compassion. Well, and that's the thing. He's so gracious and merciful. Yeah, and that's true. Well, and not only that, just like you talking about, like, where are you? Like, they thought they had to hide from him, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's just so, like, I I totally do it too. And it's just like, he already knows. Yeah, he already knows. He already knows. God already knows. And I'm trying to sit here and hide it from him, you know? And it's just like, why he already Mm -hmm. knows and he already um you know you got to ask for forgiveness but he's already forgiving you and so I just saw I don't know I was on Facebook earlier today and I saw like a little quote and it said 
thank goodness this isn't the last time that Jesus is going to put me back together. I know. I know. I'm so grateful for that because imagine if he said, like, oh, he's I'm never going to say you. no, I'm not going to put you back together. Like, yeah, he's always going to put you back together. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. And another thing that I kind of want to point out is when they realized they were naked, they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Not to hide from themselves, but they sewed those fig leaves together to hide from the Lord. Hide from God. Yeah. Yeah. To hide from God. And a lot of us are over here sewing our fig leaves together to hide from God. And that can look like, um, let's say, that can look like for some people, um, pretending to be okay when you're not okay by still like going to church and all that stuff and being like, yeah, I'm fine. Like everything's good. Like I'm not hurt. Like I'm not bitter and all that stuff. And you're just sewing a fig leaf together, trying to hide and pretend um, to put this whole new persona in front of God, like a whole different, different you in front of God. And I like, for me, I feel like sometimes also those fig leaves for me can be pride. Like, um, I don't think like I want to go to this. Like, I don't think that I want to give this to God because I kind of want to fix it on myself and then go to like, you know, like, let me just put on this like little prideful um, little fig on me, I guess you could call that. And just that could be my covering from him. You know? Yeah. Pride. Um, Mine is definitely pride, control, um, mm -hmm. definitely control, anxiety. I mean, come on. I know. I know anxiety is a, is a really big one. Um, but I also want us to talk about, too, is the beginning of Genesis 3, when the devil actually starts talking to Eve and asking her all these questions. Ooh, he was yeah. really crafty with them because... Well, and you know what? Like, let's, I mean, in all, like, let's be honest here, like, the devil, Lucifer, he was a fallen angel. And so, you know what? He knows the Bible frontwards, backwards, and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. So he uses it to try and tempt you and yeah. to try and get you to, you know, mm-hmm. believe, do X, Y, Z. And another thing that I have learned um, is that the devil has actually been not just the devil, right? Because he's just one person, but his demons and all that have been watching right. you since you were young and they've studied you. So they know yeah. your weaknesses, they know your downfalls and they use it against you. And here, what I really, not what I really like, that sounds so wrong. What we see the devil doing is asking the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the garden? Right. And that's where it gets, um, sorry to interrupt, but that's where it gets. And it says, so he says, did God really say you must not eat from any tree? And she said, we can eat from the fruit of the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that it is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Well, if you go back and look in Genesis two at Genesis two 16, it says, and the Lord God commanded the man at this point, Adam was just by himself. This was before Eve. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. This is through 17. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So then Adam is living by this. God creates Eve. Adam relays this message to her. So whether he relayed it wrong or she took it the wrong way or the serpent put some, I don't know, doubt in her mind or something. I don't know. But then she comes back and says, 
And if you touch it, you will die. Well, God didn't ever say if you touch it, you will die. He said if you eat from it, you will die. Anyways, just had to throw that out there. That's good. That's really good. I actually like that. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so he continues to say, uh, he continues just to like put specifically doubt in her mind. Yeah. Just you like would not surely die, but it's so, so small, so tiny. Like, yeah, you would not surely die. That seems so simple, so simple. But to Eve, she's taken and it's like, hey, this guy's kind of right. Like, I don't think I'm going to die. Like, I don't, I'm just going to take a bite. It doesn't seem, sin doesn't seem that bad while we're being tempted with, with it. But at the end, we realize right. that it's death, you know? And yes. so- well, well, and something else I learned from this, um, that study that my community group just did was like, you may not think this like little teeny white lie right here makes a difference. And you may not think that this little one right here, this little sin makes a difference. But then when you string them all together, it makes a huge impact. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Um, and one of the things that I'm, I wanted to get with, did God really say, and I think this is one of Satan's favorite things to, to tell people yeah. did God really say yeah. x y and z and so what I want to come back yes. to is did God really say that he will forgive you did God really say that he'll forget your your sins you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I think the devil likes to say this to people specifically after they've sinned or they think they can't come to God because of something they've done well, or said. Shame. Or shame, yeah. Did when God really shame, say... Like, did God really say that he'd forgive you for doing X, Y, and Z? Like, you should really be ashamed of doing that mm-hmm. or saying that or, you know, whatever. And not, not only that, did God really say those four words is a seed of doubt. And then when we start yeah. focusing on those four words, did God really say that he was with me until the end of the age? Right. Did God, because when we start saying like, did God really say he's going to be with me? Then we start doubting the presence of God with us. We start doubting the Holy Spirit is with us. Did God right. really say that? I'm trying to think of something else to say. Because there's so many things that... Well, I mean, you know, did God really say that he was going to forgive me every day? Did God really mm-hmm. say that all my sins are forgiven? You know, like all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, did God really say that he would fulfill the desires of my heart, mm-hmm. you know, and his promises? That's true. That is so true. Um, and... I don't know. I just think that for a lot of us, the devil is planting those words. And especially with me right now, did God really say X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Or it's, does God really, does God really love you? Yeah. Or are you sure God told you this, this, and this? Yeah. That's, that's to me, that's super interesting because that little, that little four-letter word, cause such a downfall for humanity yeah it really does it really does um so anyways this is what I, what i wanted to say wanted to get back to 
um, the, the figs, the fig leaves specifically, and connect it back to Jesus's resurrection, death and resurrection, mm-hmm. because that's what, what we're trying to talk about, right? right? Easter, um, yeah. Because of Jesus's death, we no longer have to hide behind fig leaves to be in the presence of God. Right. Jesus took away all those fake leaves when he said, it is finished. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus changes everything. He, he, he really, really does. If you give him the chance to change it, he will. He will not force you to let him into your life. He won't do that. Yeah. He's a gentleman. And you know <laughs> what's crazy? Yeah. And, you know, and I was just kind of thinking about this, and I'm sure I heard it or saw it or read it somewhere at some point, but it's really just stuck with me. Um, you know, Jesus sent or the Lord sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins, your sins, the world's sins, the burden of the world, the sins of the world, the weight of the world, knowing that there would be people who never loved him. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Wow. Um, so anyway, but he still did it because yeah. he loves them so much. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's just like, no, that was, yeah. that was like a, that was like a mind blown, uh, sound effect. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it, That's just really stuck with me. And if anything like me, um, I'm one of those people who actually kind of freaks out when I think about Jesus dying for me because it doesn't seem real sometimes. Yeah. Um, especially when you hear the story over and over, you kind of become numb to it. And I don't want to become numb to my yeah. salvation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because we don't understand or I don't understand the love God has for me because I am not God. So I don't I don't know the way he loves people. I mean, I, I see the his characteristics and how he loves everybody, but I right. can never physically understand it. And that's what makes my mind hurt. I literally have nights when I sit in my I bed know. and I get headaches from thinking so hard about how, like, why does God love me? Like how much, like, I just, I just want to like feel it all. And yeah. You know, well, I've yeah. been reading that book, uh, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Orland or mm-hmm. something um and wow it has just been so eye-opening just like reading some of those chapters I am probably gonna have to like read it again eventually but um just like the last chapter I recently read was about how Jesus is like an advocate for us and that he sits at the father's right hand and he like mm-hmm. advocates for us he's like I know they sinned but they still like we still love them and like they still deserve our love and our forgiveness and just like how Jesus just advocates for you and I guess that maybe might have been where I read about um like he's the Lord sent his son to down the cross knowing that like peop- some people still would never come to know him or love him. Um, but yeah, that book has just been an eye opener. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And I, the verse you're talking about is actually 1 John 2 1. I just found it right now. I knew which one you were talking about. It's my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin obviously all of us we have an advocate with the father 
Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yeah. And then the advocate, yeah. like you said, is a person who comes to our aid and pleads our case to the judge, which is God. The advocate offers support, strength, yes. and counsel and intercedes for us when necessary. And because we put our trust and faith in Jesus, he became our advocate. Just crazy. Yeah. This is, it's I don't know. Crazy. Like, I, I'm like, even as like being a Christian for as long as I have, I still don't understand the death of Jesus. I still don't like, I cannot well, wrap my and mind I think around that's it. And like I think such the, I don't know, the beauty of it or something, because like, even mm-hmm. though I can say, you know, I've been a Christian in quotation marks my whole life, probably really haven't been following the Lord, but since like college, right? The beginning of college. So that's like six years now, I guess. Um, like truly really following the Lord. Like anyways, um, like that you never stop learning. And the Lord never stops and is like, oh, you've reached level 10. Like, you've made it. Like, you know it all. You know, you've made it. Like, you just keep learning. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That is really true. And so back to the main main part. I mean, all of this is the main part. But um, back to what I think the Lord is not asking only you, but is also asking me is where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Where are you? Like, where are you in your sin? Like, why haven't you come to him? You know what I mean? Where are you in your doubts? Where are you when the devil asks you, did God really say? Yeah. And I, oh my gosh, I don't know. That just makes me feel something. Where are you? And that makes me think about like where I really am right now in the standing with God. What he's done for me and what I know that I can receive from him. Right. Okay. So do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jesus changes everything. Let him change you. Yeah, 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 that's so true. Um, so we also just want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Yes, the Lord is risen. Well, he yes. will be risen in a couple of days. But on Sunday. I mean, technically he's already risen, but yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, again, we just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. We hope you have an amazing Easter And we hope that you got something from this message today. Um, Do you have anything else to to say before we end this? That's it. Bye. That's it? Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.